Take a drink and you'll sink to a state of pure inebriation. Welcome back, you'll listeners. You're listening to the Spice Cast. My name is Dan Bullard, and I'm your host tonight. And with us in the studio, we've got Tom Yak and Don Milligan, two of the wonderful people over from uh, Yellowhammer Brewery, one of Huntsville's premier breweries. Guys, thanks for coming in and joining us tonight and bringing all this this wonderful cornucopia of beer that you guys brought us. Thank you for having yeah, us. Thanks for great Let to be here. Come. So, um, Yellowhammer's been around for how? When was it founded originally? Um, I guess you know the original concept actually. Uh, so we've been we just celebrated our fifth anniversary of actually shipping beer and everything. But the the concept for the brewery began on uh, it was a birthday party I was having. It was actually my fiftieth birthday party. And uh, all of us founders, we were all friends from prior and knew each other. We all kind of, you know, bounced around this concept of, hey, why, why don't we try starting a brewery? Um, and I think the seed of it actually came from Ethan Couch, who, you know, was really the one who said, guys, let's do this. I I, I think we can pull it off. And uh, so from his impetus, the four of us that night, it was, it was me, Keith Yeager, our head brewer, who's, you know, he and I brewed together for years. That's, and, that's a good brewer's name right there, too. Yeah, Keith Yeager, yeah. yeah he's, <laughs> and he is a great brewer. I mean, he is, uh, you know, I can't say enough good things about the quality of beer that he puts out and, and his love of the craft and everything. But um, so we, we knew he knew how to make beer. And, you know, I had been making beer. Chow and Stevens, our other partner, you know, he, one of the things that held us up from going on with the concept was that the regulatory issues. Right. And while sitting there that night, Chow said, look, I understand this stuff. We can nail it. And he did. And, you know, so that night we shook hands and said, let's start it. We started doing the research, forming the LLC, you know, applying for uh, legality and all that kind of stuff and finding a location. So I think it was in the uh, October of 2011 that we actually, you know, finalized everything, shipped our first beer out of the out of the facility there on on uh, Clinton Avenue. So okay, so you guys have been on Clinton since the very beginning. Absolutely, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So what was what was the what surprised you the most, or what was the most interesting challenge you guys didn't expect to you know come up against brewing? Um, wow, there's a thousand things you could say, but um, you know, one of the big things was just understanding the regulatory maze that you have to go through in terms right. of federal, state, city, you know, all the people that, you know, require this and require that. Um, you know, for example, the TTB, the Tracks and Trade Bureau, Trade Bureau who license you federally to, to make alcohol, um, they require that you have a facility and have your equipment set up and running, and then you apply for your license and they'll decide whether they'll approve it, which oh, is wow. kind of like, you know, backwards from the way most right, business plans right. are run or whatever. But um, it all worked out. It's, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, there, there's just a multitude of regulatory interests who start, you know, swarming in when you want to make alcohol. Yeah, especially in this state. And I'm not sure if a lot of people even remember at this point, but it was not very long ago when you could not, you know, do a lot of microbrewing or any microbrewing really, and you couldn't have beers above like a, a certain ABV. Six percent. Yeah. yeah, that was only seven years ago. Yeah, yeah. I remember. And that was the big impetus for us to get involved. When that law passed, it yeah. was like, hey, now we could actually do what we want to do. So. Yeah, shout out to Free the Hops for. Absolutely. I remember those guys yeah. just for years and years were hosting events and running campaigns to try and get that changed. And I mean, it was, it was, I remember like overnight just the quality of the beer and you know all the breweries started opening up at Huntsville like almost immediately it was it was a great great thing to see so if you guys are uh 
wanted to give advice to people who were trying to get into brewing, what would you say? Um, you know, to us, the brewery business is all about the beer. There's a lot of reasons you can decide to start a brewery. For us, it was we want to make the best beer that we can make, and we think what we can make can be the best beer in the southeast, if not the nation. You know, so um, that that's our belief, and that's our core mission. So a lot of people get into it for a lot of different reasons. You know, uh, one joke that we always love to bandy around is that you know we got into the brewing business for the groupies. Yeah. <laughs> we just didn't know the groupies were going to be fat, bald, middle-aged men. So you know, the, 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 the drunk, the drunk, slobbering <laughs> yeah, groupies. Exactly. Yeah. So, but it's a, it's a great business. There's a lot of camaraderie in this industry. Um, we absolutely know every other brewer, you know, in the town, if not in the state. Um, we were all friends in the homebrew club. We were all part of Free the Hops. Um, we kind of followed parallel paths with some of the other brewers in town and, you know, find out through the grapevine that, oh, they're starting a brewery or oh, we're starting a brewery. But, yeah. but we all remain friends to this day and we try to help each other. The rising tide lifts all boats is the way we see it. So so what would you say your favorite part is? And this is a question for both of you. What's your favorite part about working, owning, starting, you know, doing your own brewing, just the whole thing? Tom, go ahead. What? I would say everybody associated for the most part is really good people and just... They're just fun-loving, you know, it's it's beer. It's, yeah. There's no snobbery about it. Exactly, there's, yeah. It's just share with everybody. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there, there is a sense in this industry that um, we, you know, we take care of each other. I mean, yes, we're all competitors. Like like you compete with your brother or something. You right. Yeah, you want to win, but you don't want to destroy that person. And that's, that's kind of the attitude. It's... Um, you know, there's an amazing amount of stories that I could tell you about how we were helped by other breweries in town. And we do, we try to hand that back and help other, you know, young brewers that have come along. Maybe they trip over their feet on a few things that we learned along the way. And we try to pass that along and say, hey, this is how it's done. Um, it, it There's this sense that we don't want anybody else to poison the waters. Yeah. Because if somebody makes a bad beer or, or does bad business or whatever, it kind of like ruins the whole market for everybody right um in in my mind craft brewers are are trying to convince the general public that beer is something better than you've probably been told by some of the the larger mass market brews out there so if you can educate yourself and learn along the way meet some new friends then it's beneficial for everybody no i've got to i gotta say you guys have, have helped the area out a lot i mean it's amazing just you know, not not only the diversity of beer that's available here now, but just the quality. Like I remember, I, I took my dad out. He's he, he and I are both musicians, and we played a gig together downtown maybe six or seven months ago. And he hasn't been out in like twenty years. So we walk into a bar, and the first thing he tries to order is a Bud, and they just kind of look at him like he's crazy. And I was like, Dad, come on, come on. there's there's better <laughs> stuff out there now. That's great. Speaking of which, uh, you guys play a big role in the uh, entertainment scene around here now. Like you guys have hosted a lot of really cool events, including our Spice Fest event this year. You guys are nice enough to let us come in and you know, you know do a grand experiment in your backyard with the stage and everything. Uh, how did you guys first get into hosting events, and what has your experience been like since then? Well, I mean, I've been with the company a little over a year, and and they've been doing events before my time. Uh, mostly live music pretty much every Friday and Saturday. It's always been something that's been important to a lot of the owners is to give people something to do besides just drink, you know, which is, and, and it's great for the scene. I mean, yeah, you, you want to hang out, have a beer, listen to somebody with some talent, do some, some yeah. nice tunes and stuff. Yeah. It, it, it makes the environment something you want to, 
you know, hang out with. And, you know, that's a good thing. Um, I've been surprised because that's not really been something I was really that into in terms of, you know, when we first started the brewery, that wasn't even legal. Right. So, you know, you, you talked about, um, homebrewing. It was still illegal to homebrew in Alabama when we started the brewery. Oh, wow. So that, that, the law that made it legal to brew in, you know, homebrew in Alabama passed a couple of years after we started the brewery. In addition, when we started the brewery, it was not legal to even consume your own beer on premises. Right. As, yeah, as an owner that. of the brewery, we were, you know, told you cannot drink your own beer on your brewery. And as far as you know, we never did. But um, the the truth is that, you know, when the law passed the Brewery Modernization Act, after the ABV law passed, thanks to Free the Hops, um, then they got the Brewery Modernization Act, which allowed the tasting rooms, the tap rooms, um, allowed people to come into the brewery, try some beers. And then you realize that when people are hanging out, yeah, they want some music. They want a food truck out front. You know, you got to make it, you know, a multifaceted thing for them to come enjoy. So it was just kind of a natural thing that happened organically. So. So when you when you guys moved into Clinton was the I guess the backyard was already there it just wasn't absolutely not no was it nothing nothing no. at all oh wow when we moved into that facility it was an old uh, cabinet shop we had to do a lot of cleaning and you know structural changes to the place got the brewery up and running um, there was nothing out back out back there was actually an old derelict building um, it was a you know a house that was collapsing on itself the building next to us was an old uh, repair shop and everything and it would it had been abandoned for years and kind of derelict so at some point that was actually a different owner that owned that property but the person that we leased our property from said if you guys are interested in that he would go purchase it and just add it to our lease and he did and then we started the expansion into the whole tasting room and the backyard uh beer garden and everything and it just turned out to be a really nice spot and we you know maybe we're a little proud of ourselves but we believe that we had a real positive effect on that community yeah and they were kind of like trying to bring it up into a a more you know social place that that people are willing when we first moved in down there a lot of people said that's too scary we're not coming down there but now it's a place that everyone wants to go to and it's a destination so we're proud of it it's amazing it's changed so much in the last just i mean even you know five or six years i i've i've had friends that have you know, left for college in 2007, and they came back now. I was like, yeah, we're, we're going down to Yellowhammer. It's this really cool place off Clinton. They're like, off Clinton? Oh, wow, what? <laughs> <laughs> so um, speaking of changes, what are you guys looking forward to the most in Huntsville? Just, you know, things that you, you'd like to see in Huntsville in the future or you're already seeing now? I'd like to see a medium-sized music venue. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's what we like. I mean, we're, you know, do small acts and shows and that sort of stuff. And, you know, we've got the VBC and the concert hall, but... As far as that middle of the road, you know, five hundred to three thousand, we're we're still lacking that. Yeah, I mean, it used to be the crossroads, I guess, but yeah. that's kind of like wrapped up, mm-hmm. and then you know, the copper top and all those things. I mean, there used to be places that could do that kind of rising star act that you know you can catch on the way up. But yeah, it, it, there's there's really not in that range right now. I don't that I see. I don't know, but yeah, I don't think there's there's anything quite big enough. Copper tops. Copper Top's close, but I mean, there's they've actually had some fairly big acts, but it's a, it's like a little, I think Ben likes to call it the sausage of sound because it's just like a you know, straight bar down the middle and that's about <laughs> it, no stage or anything. It's a fun place, but sometimes it's just not quite big enough. So, and I guess you already answered this as well, but uh, as far as what do you think Huntsville needs to do next? Would you just say more more music venues? Would you like to see more breweries in the area? Or Well, as, as a brewery owner, maybe not, you know, <laughs> but absolutely, I you know, 
I've, I've been in Huntsville a long time. I, I haven't been here all my life, but I, I consider myself a Huntsvillian. You know, I, I grew up here and, and uh, it, it's been a great place to live. But back when I was, you know, a teenager or so, there was nothing to do in this town. Yeah. Even when I and was it, a teenager. Yeah. Was nice. I mean, yeah. yeah. And here, now yeah. it's amazingly changed to, for the positive and it's a much better place. And But I still look at, you know, if I was that age right now, if I was, you know, 15, 18 or something, not old enough to drink, what are you going to do? Right. You know, so that I think there's still a little bit of a gap for, you know, a certain segment of the population that it's like, you know, is there really things? I mean, Huntsville's done a great job of focusing on things like what we're doing and what, you know, Huntsville's done with the 805 campus and everything. And, you know, there'd be some public venues and the city's been behind it and, you know, Tommy Battle's been great in, in helping, I think, foster that community to where we get a lot of, you know, people to invest in that. But as somebody, you know, grew up when there was nothing to do, I wonder how those kids are now. Yeah. Do they Are they running short on things to do, at, you know, if you're not of drinking age? Right. Um, speaking of Campus 805, you guys are, are fairly heavily involved in that as well. You guys were probably part of the, the first big announcement they made about it about a year ago. How did you guys get involved in that and what's what's your experience been since then? I think it just made sense. We were already down the street. We mm -hmm. needed a larger facility. Um, we needed to expand our hours. and uh, So really moving four properties up the street is, and, yep. you know, and having two acres to work with. And we were, we were absolutely shopping for a new location because we were kind of busting at the scene on the production side. Yeah. I mean, I'm still very proud of the, the tasting room that we had in the beer garden and everything, but, um, and it was humming along, but you know, there, there reaches a point where you need more space and we had to have more space. We looked at expanding in place and there was, you know, technical issues with how you're going to do that and what, what it did. And, you know, a block away was some bare land left behind by the old school. And it was, you know, on the market, you know, Randy Scrimpture had already, you know, purchased it and was planning some stuff. So, you know, we, we got involved with that and turned out there was a good arrangement that we could all come up with. And uh, so our building is brand new. Uh, a lot of people ask me, it's like, oh, you moved into the old school. No, we didn't. Straight Dale's moving right. into the old school, but the whole facility, I mean, it's, it's a, a campus as they're calling it. Right. And so we're the, we're the new boys on the one end of the campus and Straight Dale is still renovating the, you know, the old uh, gym and all that at the, at the old school facility, but it's just a great thing. I, I am a big advocate of, you know, don't go out to some new, uh, you know, farm somewhere and right. plow up the land and build right. a brand new building. Let's take the old stuff that's kind of derelict and hasn't been used and let's reuse it and repurpose it and make it something better than it was before. And, and uh, I think we've done a good job of that. But out of it, we get a brand new building. So that, that's Very been cool. really good for us. So. You guys are basically, if you're, for those of you who don't know, uh, Campus 805 basically has taken over what used to be Stone Middle School out on the corner of uh, Clinton, Governors, and Tryon and that area. And they are turning the whole you know campus into... Uh, a brewing, live arts and events, just, you know, entertainment, you know, extravaganza. And you this, guys... I think the city's calling it an adult playground. Adult so. playground. <laughs> It'll have all the arts and entertainment flow mill, but with alcohol sales. And there you know. go. And you guys are kind of, uh, if you were looking at the school, you're you're on the other side of what used to be the track over by, kind of on the corner there. Exactly, yeah. 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 There's some really... other retail stuff that they're putting in on the other end of that to anchor it and everything. Right. And then the city is doing their, you know... 
green space in between where there'll be some lawn space and places for food trucks to line up and everything. So it, it should be, I'm really looking forward to spring and summer this, this coming year, because I think by that time, it'll, a lot of it'll be fleshed out and it'll, it'll just be an awesome place. And people are going to be amazed when they come down and see what's happened. So Awesome. Do you guys have any events coming up that you'd like to uh, talk about? We've got huh? spring fest coming up. I believe it's, uh, April 15th. Maybe sounds about right. Um, yeah. But I, I think we're still hashing out a lot of the details, but we did it last year. It was a huge success. Uh, obviously if we can swing it, we'd like to do spice fest again. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, I mean, Spice Fest was a lot of fun. Yeah, it and, was. Yeah, and Spring Fest too. I mean, Spring Fest. But Spice even, Fest was a lot less planning on our part. Yeah, <laughs> you guys did all the work. <laughs> Thank you for that. By no way. problem. That's yeah. what we did. Yeah. If we can help you do that again, that would <laughs> absolutely. Be but um, yeah, it's it's great to have, and you know, as somebody who who did Spring Fest back in the day when it was at UAH way back when. Oh, I've um, heard stories about it was, that. It was really great yeah. to see this resurgence, and uh, you know. Uh, that particular event had a lot of, you know, last minute issues with weather and what are we going to set up? How's it going to go? And we were just stressed about it all the way through when it finally came off. It was just, just a wonderful time. Everybody had a great time. And, and I have still people talking to me today about, you know, Hey, we had a great time. You guys going to do that again? And, you know, so same with spice fest. I mean, we, we need to keep that energy going yeah, and give people a reason to, you know, get out and enjoy themselves and, you know, bring their friends. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Since, since big spring jam, you know, there's not a huge, there's not kind of, there's not that kind of a festival here anymore. And it's good to see that like everybody's starting to kind of get the same idea and, you know, try to try to bring that back in some capacity or another. Absolutely. So out of all the brews that you guys make, what would you, and this is a question for each of you say is your uh, personal favorite. For me personally, um, you know, I'm kind of a hop head, so I love the hoppy stuff, but, you know, there's a little bit of a story. If anybody who's had our Tobacco Road beer, which is, you know, a little bit of a hop bomb, but it's not crazy. It's not like a big double IPA. We make our Hop Revival, which is a big double IPA, one of my favorite beers. But if you really get down to it, the Tobacco Road was a beer that had a, a strange beginning. We had, back in our early days when we were a small brewery, we had just our one barrel system and we were trying to make a double IPA. Keith, our head brewer, had accidentally grabbed the wrong bag of malt. Oh, no. And didn't realize it until the brew was halfway through. And he's like, oh, wait, I think I screwed up. We we have the wrong beer. This isn't going to be the right beer. And so we all agreed, let's just let it run its course, put it in the fermenter, see what we get. And it was a happy accident. And it turned into a delicious beer, not to style, kind of off style by a lot of ways. We now call it an imperial amber but it's it's fairly heavily hopped, but it's a, got a strong malt base to it, and it's a very unique beer. And I've had a lot of people stop me and say, "That's my favorite beer you guys have ever made," and I have to totally agree with them because it, it's a very unique and special beer. But it appeals on a lot of different levels, has a lot of different great flavor profiles and things, and it's a, also something we've put in uh, barrels and aged it with some whiskey barrels and done some different things. Oh wow. And, so it it's it to me if you ask me my favorite beer we made that would be it. So okay, cool, Tom. What about you? My go-to will be well, I'll, I'll say the Midnight Special, which most people don't know it by that name, but it's our Lost Highway. Um, we just recently changed the names due to a cease and desist from some people. <laughs> That's been happening a lot to the breweries in town yeah, lately. Yeah, I think we've had four major ones here yeah. you know, around town. 
and uh, but it's just rich, malty. I'm I'm the opposite of a hop head, so there's there's very little <laughs> hops in it. But uh, it's just real rounded and easy to drink, and not quite so thick as like a stout or a porter. And you can you can have a handful of them, and you're not wasted, and you're feeling pretty good about yourself. That that particular beer, I don't know how many brew fests and, and tasting opportunities I've been at where we're trying to show our beers, and people would say, "Oh, I don't like a dark beer." And I'd say, close your eyes and take a sip of this. And they go, ooh, that's good. Because, you know, dark is not a flavor. It's a color. So right, it's exactly. A, you know, and if you can just get past that. I mean, people who who don't, a lot of people love dark beers, and that's what they go to. But if you're not one of those people and you, you try the Midnight Special, I think you'd be surprised how clean and easy drinking it is. And it'll get you over your fear of, of drinking yeah. a dark beer. So I'm a, I'm a dark beer fan myself, and I think I had that... Uh... The last couple of times I was over there, and but I guess when it was still Lost Highway, and I think that's probably my favorite at the moment. Yeah. Well, cool. Guys, thank you for coming in. You guys can find uh, Yellowhammer Brewery there over in their new building off Clinton Avenue in the new uh, Campus 805, and uh, you guys have a website, right? We do have a website. I don't know if the address is corrected on that just yet since we've only been in for about a week and a half, but it is 2600 Clinton Avenue West. And if, and if you find your way to our old brewery, you'll see where... Salty Nut is installing, you know, the Salty Nut Brewery around town, and they're they're installing their stuff in there, and they'll be up and running soon, I hope. Um, but we're just a block from there, so if Very you find cool. your way accidentally to our old site, say hi to the Salty Nut guys, and then drive a block up the way and, yeah, and even, find us. Yeah. Even though they're not on the campus, there's yeah. they're only three properties down from it, so yeah. they're, they're still on that that new. I guess it's going to be like Brewery Row in like five years or something. Yeah, we can hope so. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for joining us tonight. I really appreciate you coming in, and thanks again for all the the very tasty beer. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. All right, we'd like to. Uh, Thank all of our volunteers and donors for helping us out. Uh, our guests tonight, uh, Tom and Don from Yellowhammer Brewery, uh, all our listeners, and uh, thank you guys for supporting what we do, and have a great night. Go on, buds, drink my suds, till you've reached that pure inebriation, though the beer may be free, you're just renting it from me ah it's like i died and went to heaven this has been a production of spice radio from huntsville alabama you guys know what you want and you don't have to do too much to get it get with us at spice-radio.com if you have a podcast you make music or art or you have an event that you want to promote in the tennessee valley you can find us at www.facebook.com slash spice radio huntsville or on Twitter at Spice Radio HSV. And again, our website, spice-radio.com.